pray this finds you having a blessed morning. Looking forward to getting into our time in the book of James. And uh, we're going to be picking up where we left off last week about um, being a doer and a hearer. Um, we really just focused on verse 22 last week and um, spent our time there. Uh, I ask you to kind of look over uh, hoarseness and stuff, uh, kind of dealing with some sore throat and head congestion and all that this morning. So, uh, But looking forward to our time here starting in verse 23. And uh, but we'll read verse 22 and uh, be able to come along with that. It says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So he's talked about the idea of what it means, the difference between being a doer and being a hearer, and the significance behind that. And James is going to take it to um, an example here that I think is a unique example. and one that really speaks to um, where we are at in our day and time. Um, well, let's just read the verse and then we'll get into that. Verse 23, it says, Because if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like someone who is looking at his own face in a mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of person he was. I think that is such a unique example to be able to give for, (coughs) excuse me, the concept of doing and hearing. And to be able to show how that someone who is a hearer of the word only is not just necessarily someone who is forgetful. Because we can look at that and say, well, you know, they're not really um, putting the kind of time into it. But I want to give you an example of what James is really talking about here. This is not <clears throat> this is not talking about someone who just walks by a mirror, takes a kind of random glance, and keeps on walking. This is talking about someone who looks at themselves in the mirror because they understand that they must be kept, you know. I mean, very few people who care about the way that they look are going to wake up in the morning and go look in the mirror and they've got this horrible bed head going on. You know, they got their eyes half matted together and things of that nature and say, wow, man, I look good, and just go walking out the house. Um, You know, you want to present yourself well. And one of the things that's so important with this is that as a Christian, that's the whole point is you want to present yourself well. (laughs) If you you call yourself a Christian, um, now, unfortunately, it's not as prevalent in today's culture, but you would think that if you called yourself a Christian, I know even me growing up, there was a standard there. There was a standard to someone who called themselves a Christian that, you know, you were supposed to do dot, 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 and then you were not supposed to do dot, 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 dot. So there was this, if you want to call it criteria, 
And when someone would call themselves a Christian, you would look at them and say, okay, are you measuring up to what you're supposed to be? Do you look like what you claim to be? That's really what it is. Do you look like it? So you would hope that if someone says, hey, I'm a Christian, (coughs) that they understand that. There's some things that come along with that and that they would be serious and they would take it seriously. Well, really what this is saying is this is someone who just kind of hears. And again, we've talked about the difference between hearing and listening. This is someone who, you know, they, they've heard what it means to be a Christian, but they've never really applied it. They're just kind of doing their thing. <laughs> and what I want to bring about with that, when I said this at the beginning here, was that I think it's really prevalent in our culture today is this. I think the enemy has done a fantastic job of keeping us so busy in doing that it prevents us from spending time in God's Word. All right, I want to elaborate. If you go to a church service, Sunday school, small group, Bible study, whatever it may be, and you go up and you begin to have conversations with people. One of the things that is going to be more times than not, if not almost every conversation you have, it's this. When you ask someone about their day or you ask someone about how things is going on, you're going to hear, oh man, I'm just so busy or my day has been so busy or oh man, I've just had so much going on. Something to that nature you're going to have. And the reason being is because for some reason, in today's culture, whether it be as a Christian or whether it be just simply in the workforce or just in life in general, we equate busyness with success. We believe that if you are somebody who is busy, you are a successful person. We equate the idea if your calendar is full, then you must just be an amazing human being, successful, uh, your status is off the charts, whatever it may be. We do not look at someone who is, I'll just say it this way. When we see someone who isn't busy, more times than not, our first thing and first thought about them is they're complacent and lazy. Not that they're taking care of themselves. Not that they are um, mindful and that they're saying, you know what, I'm doing an awful lot During the day, I'm going to make sure my evenings are not busy and I am spending my evenings with my wife, my husband, my children. I'm making sure that I have family time. We're going to eat supper at the table. Um, You know, we're going to sit down and make sure that we invest in our family. Our family is going to come first, not extracurricular activities and hobbies and all that kind of stuff. And we don't see those people as successful. We really do believe that you have to be super busy. And if you're not, there's something wrong with you. We believe you have to be super busy. And what happens is is that is more of a lie from the enemy than it is a truth from Scripture. Nowhere in Scripture does it tell me that I've got to be busy doing. It tells me that I must be a Christian, not be doing. Now, you may say, well, Jeremiah, you're, you're being a real big hypocrite right here because the you're, you're talking about being a doer of the word. All right, hold on a second. Me being a doer of the word is me being more Christ-like 
not me out doing a bunch of stuff. See, the ultimate goal of my walk with Jesus is not to be busy doing ministry. It's to be busy becoming more like Jesus. Tell me a time in Scripture where you find Jesus in a hurry. You won't. And I know that we may sit down and look at it and say, Oh, but Jeremiah, times have changed, you know. Uh, Yeah, Jesus also walked everywhere he went too. And you know what he done? In that period of time of walking, he had conversations. He built relationships. He moved slowly. See, we don't even have time for relationships anymore. We have acquaintances, but we don't have relationships. We're so busy, we don't have time. Think about the statements again. And again, I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just throwing information out there for us to be able to ponder and to look at and show you how the enemy has absolutely just manipulated us into believing all of these lies. Think about the conversation that most of us have. Oh, you know, me and so-and-so, we don't get to see each other very often, but we pick right back up where we left off even even if we haven't seen each other in three months. We talk about how that people are, you know, relationships are important, but yet very few of us have relationships. And the reason we don't have relationships is because we don't have time because we're all so busy. Well, guess what happens if you don't have relationships? Isolation. One of the greatest goals of the enemy is to bring isolation. And if he can bring isolation into our lives, guess what? You're a sitting duck. Because we were built for relationship. We were built to be together. And if we're so busy to be together and we're so busy to spend time together, then he's got us where he wants us. Because see, the other thing about the Christian life is that we are to be encouragers and edifiers of one another. And if what we're doing is we're spending time being so busy, (coughs) excuse me, we don't have time to encourage and edify one another. And as a matter of fact, we don't have time to take care of ourselves. See, because that's, that's going back to right here. We're, we're that guy, we're that woman who looks in the mirror, sees ourselves, and we forget what we look like. Look what he says. You look at, he, for he looks at himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of person he was. It's like you go to the mirror. And you look at yourself and it's like, man, I look so disheveled this morning. And you turn away and it's like, you you forgot how messed up you look. You just turn away from the mirror. You know why? Because what it is, is we don't like what the Word of God is really telling us. So what we do is we look at the Word of God, we see what it says, we do that quick five-minute devotion in the morning, and the Word of God never impacted us. See, what's the purpose of a mirror? The purpose of a mirror is to show you your reflection to make sure that you can get yourself looking good. The purpose of a mirror is not to look in it and say, boy, I look ugly, and go out and do some, you know, do your day. The purpose of the, and, and, and here again, the purpose of the mirror is for you to change yourself. You don't look in a mirror to just see what you are and then walk away. You look in the mirror in order to see what you are and see what needs to be adjusted and changed in order for you to look your best. 
The Word of God is not something that you sit there and do for a five-minute devotion in the morning to say, yeah, I did my devotion or I read my Bible. The Word of God is not for you to read. It's for it to read you. And so what happens is you're sitting down and you 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 do your little five-minute devotion with your cup of coffee. You take your picture to show everybody, you know, hashtag I love Jesus, you know, with your cup of coffee and Bible doing your devotion. You do five minutes worth and nothing has changed because you're not giving God. You spend more time on the setup of your coffee, your journal and pad and your Bible than you do for allowing the word of God to read you. And what happens is you try to read God's Word, and when you do, you read into it what you want to read. But the purpose of God's Word is for you to open it up, let it read you, let it show you the areas you need to change, you need to adapt, you need to adjust in order to be more Christ-like today. And then you make those adjustments and you go out into the day to become the best version of you that God has created you to be. You're going to go out today and you're going to love people with a Christ-like love. You're going to go out today and you're going to serve people the way Jesus did. You're going to go out today and you're going to make the gospel known. It's not that you're going to get up in the morning and say you did your devotion and that's it. And see, that's what a hearer does. That's what somebody who's not willing to invest the time and effort. You don't have people that are willing to to do the the hard work behind the scenes. You know, everybody when you when you sit and think about it today and listen, I'm not I'm not speaking out of jealousy and I'm not I'm just kind of saying it for what it is. We have so many people today in our culture that all they want to do is they want to make money fast. They want the quick fix. They want to just hurry up do something for six months, make as much money as they possibly can, and then they want to quit and live life. They don't want a career. They don't want to invest. They don't want to do things, and they'll look at it, and, and, you know, I get it, but life's not all about money. Sometimes character matters. Sometimes having opportunities to where, you know, things don't go your way matters. It helps build character. It helps teach you. It helps mold you. And what we're doing is we're always in such a hurry to do everything. We're in a hurry to get married. We're in a hurry to have kids. We're in a hurry to make a bunch of money. We're in a hurry to retire. Everything we're doing, we're shrinking it. Even in school now, you know, I, 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 me and my wife, she's a school teacher. I was talking to her the other day. I said, you know, I didn't take algebra until I was in ninth grade. My oldest son was taking algebra in sixth grade. And yes, he makes good grades, and it's not because he was in an advanced class. It's just what they're doing. My first, my son last year in first grade was doing things that I, gosh, I don't even remember. I, in first grade, we played. In first grade, the, the most important thing we had was recess. You know, and and what I'm finding is we're not letting kids be kids anymore. We're trying to make kids into many adults. You know, at 13 years old right now, we've got kids that that act like they're 21. At 13 years old, I was still playing with action figures. I was still outside 
shooting my cousins with BB guns. You know, and what I mean by that is this, it's, it's the adults and it's the kids. We're, we're trying to do everything so fast. And here's the, the, the point that I'm making, because I don't want you to think, well, you know, Jeremiah, you're just on a soapbox. No, I want you to understand what I'm saying. What we're doing is we're buying into the lie of the enemy that we need to spend all of our time doing all of this stuff as fast as we can in order to get it. And then guess what we find? We'll end up coming up to a period of time later on in our life and say, wow, here I am, lonely. Yeah, I may have money, but I have no relationships because I spent all my time trying to make money and I didn't spend time building relationships. Here I am wishing that I just, when I had the opportunity to go on mission trips when I was younger and I had the health and then here I am, I'm older and I don't have the opportunity to do that. Here I wish I'd invested my time in, in studying God's word and growing rather than in all these other things that I've done. And what Satan has done is he has just manipulated us so well to believe that we've got to be in such a hurry to do absolutely everything so fast. (coughs) And what we're finding, we're missing out on so many of the most important things. I was talking to somebody yesterday and we were talking and they were just telling me, they said, you know, Jeremiah, that Seems like you got a lot on your plate right now. Seems like you're kind of overwhelmed and you, you just kind of wore down. Have you ever thought about just kind of taking some time? And I said, you know, I will say this. I do miss having an opportunity to be able to, to just kind of get away for a little bit. When we lived in Virginia and we lived in the mountains, right down below the house, <clears throat> we had a, a river that most people never even... It was, it was so far away from where a boat ramp was and everything. Most people never even got their uh, boats up and through there. But I had a kayak. And that was about two and a half miles maybe down from the house. And I would drive down there and I'd launch my kayak and I would just sit in the water. Just, you know, row occasionally and just sit in the water. And you were just literally in this valley. I mean, the river was was cutting right through the mountains. So on both sides of you, you had nothing but just these high mountains. And you would sit there and you would hear all the animals rustling through the woods and you would hear the birds and (coughs) you would hear fish jump. There was just such a peace and such a quietness. And I loved that. I loved just being able to get away, relax, shut everything off. And I've not been able to do that since I've moved down here. I've not been able to have that time. I've not been able to find that place of solitude and that peace. And, you know, I know that it makes that big, it makes a significant difference in me because I feel, I shared with my wife here not long ago, I said, I feel like life is so fast paced. I can't catch up with it. I said, I feel like I get up in the morning and it's just, I've got so much on the agenda and so much on my plate that it's just kind of going full tilt. And then no sooner than I feel like I'm just getting started, it's, oh my gosh, it's three o'clock. I got to go pick up the boys from school. You go pick up the boys from school. You bring them back home and, you know, everybody gets settled for just a minute. You get ready to start supper. You start homework. And my wife comes home from, you know, her job. And we sit down and we we maybe try to go for a quick 20-minute walk to just sit down and decompress our day and say, hey, babe, how was your day? My day was like this. We come back in, we get showers uh, for the boys and everything, and then just go to bed and get up and do it all over again the next morning. 
and I told her, I said, I don't know, when did we lose all of the time to just go out on the back porch and just decompress? To watch the boys on the trampoline? To go out and kick the ball in the yard? To be able to just sit down and snuggle on the couch? We're so busy that not only are we neglecting, you know, the Word of God, we're neglecting relationships and we're neglecting time together. And what it does is it causes us to have that lack of joy, that lack of peace. Because now we're living for expectations of others rather than what the Word of God says. See, we're so busy and we care so much about what everybody else thinks that we're just trying to, you know, get in the fast lane. We're not willing to just sit down and put it on cruise control and say, you know what, let's just let's just drive the speed limit. I was coming back this morning from dropping my oldest son off. Now, mind you, the speed limit's 55, so I set cruise control at 60. So I'm driving five miles over the speed limit, which is, you know. And I got this Jeep that is so far up my tailpipe that I can just about give him a kiss. And the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm just wondering, what what purpose are you serving right now being in such a hurry? You're sitting here, you're so far up into my tailpipe. I'm driving, and see, that's the thing. It would be different if I was driving 40, 45 miles an hour. I was driving 60 miles an hour. But this person was in such a hurry, and they wanted to pass me, but if they passed me, they was just going to have somebody else right in front of me. So, yeah, you're going to pass me, but I'm still going to be right behind you. You're not going to get there any faster than I am. And all you're doing is working yourself up into this tension because... Apparently, I'm not going fast enough for you, even though I'm going faster than what the speed limit says. And that's what we do in our lives. We're so worried about what everybody else is doing, and we're so worried about making sure that we do everything so fast (coughs) that we're constantly working ourselves up into this tiffy. We're getting so tense and so stressed and so worked up over all of these things, and we sit down and ask ourselves this question, for what? What purpose does it serve? What difference would it make in your day to sit down in the morning for 30 minutes to open up God's Word and let God's Word read you? To be able to show you areas where you can adjust, adapt, and change to become more Christ-like. To be able to let the Word of God be what is on your mind. Psalm 1 tells us that blessed is the man who meditates on God's word day and night. And they'll be, and I'm kind of paraphrasing because I can't remember word for word right now, but they'll be like a tree planted beside streams of water. Their, tree, their, their leaf will never wither and whatsoever they do will prosper. Think about that. That's just somebody who meditates on God's word day and night. And if you meditate on God's Word day and night, look at what difference it makes in your life. How many of us can say today 
that you feel like you are a tree planted beside streams of waters. That means a healthy tree. That means a vibrant tree. That means a tree that is getting nourishment. How many of us can say today, raise your hand right now as you're listening to this podcast and say, man, I feel like a tree planted beside streams of water. That you feel like your tree is super healthy, that the leaves are not withering. That you feel healthy, that that you're producing fruit whenever you're ready, whenever God is ready to produce fruit, and whatever you're doing is prospering. How many of us can raise your hand and say that that's the way we feel today? Most of us can't. Most of us are sitting here saying, man, I feel stressed, I feel burnt out, I feel overwhelmed, and I've got still so much to do. I feel like I've neglected so many things. The real question is this, is what, what takes priority today? That's really where we want to bring all of this back to. And I know you may say, well, Jeremiah, you took a long route there. Well, maybe I did. Talking about busyness and talking about neglect and all of these different things. But what's the real purpose in everything that we do? It's Matthew six thirty three. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Seek first. It's the first thing that we need to do each and every day that we're blessed to wake up with breath in our lungs and health in our bones is to seek first God's kingdom and God's righteousness. And I think we could just all be honest with ourselves and say that very few of us really wake up in the mornings with that being the number one purpose on our minds. The number one purpose on our minds is I got to get up, I got to get my cup of coffee, I got to get the kids up, I got to get my day going, I got to hurry up and do this and hurry up and do that, and I got to make sure that I've got this scheduled, I got to look at my calendar, I've got to. And we have already worked ourselves up into such a tiffy that we've woke up and our stress level is through the roof, and we really haven't even rolled out of bed yet. And the real question is this. When am I going to let it go? And when am I going to make sure that I put God first in everything? And I'm not talking about just neat little slogans and Christian cliches. I'm talking about when am I going to put God first in everything? Because see, when you go back to that passage, what was Jesus talking about? Jesus was talking to a group of people. And he said, why are y'all worried about your food, your clothing, and where are you going to get something to drink and all that? Well, guess what? This was a big deal for those people. For these people, they didn't have changes of clothes. They usually had the one outfit they were wearing. They might have had a a second outside cloak, but most of the time they didn't. And yes, food and and, and clean water, food and clean drinking water was something they didn't find very regularly. So yes, it wasn't like they could go to the faucet and, and, and get something to drink. It wasn't like they could just go to the refrigerator or go to their cupboard and be able to find, you know, a little Debbie cake or something of that nature. These people actually did worry about where they were going to get their food and drink and clothing and things. And Jesus said, why are y'all worried about that? You see those birds out there? I read a statement the other day as I was preparing for my sermon. I think it was Tony Evans made the comment. He said, you've never seen a bird with an ulcer. I thought that was a fabulous statement. He said, birds just do what they do because they trust God. He said, you don't ever have a bird sitting down and saying, you know what, God, I don't know whether you're going to provide my food today or not. God, I don't know if I trust you today or not. Nature trusts God. Man doesn't. There's a big difference in that. Nature just trusts that God's going to do what God has always done. Why? Because God is faithful. Mankind doubts that God's going to do. Why? Because God's not doing what I want him to do. 
says, why are you worried? About, look at those flowers over there. Those flowers are absolutely gorgeous. And not one of them worried and woke up this morning and said, I wonder if I'm going to be pretty. They just are because God makes them that way. And he said, why are you all worried about all this stuff? And then that's when you get to Matthew 6, 33. He's like, you know what? Instead of all that, <clears throat> seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all that other stuff will be taken care of. You just make sure that your number one priority today is putting God first. And I promise you, God will take care of everything else. But what we do is we wake up in the morning and we've got our schedule first and we've got our routine first and we've got all this stuff on our plate first and we're like, God, uh, yeah, by the way, bless all this that I put together that is tainted, that doesn't look at you, that doesn't focus on you, that doesn't seek your kingdom or your righteousness, but it, it builds up my life and it makes my status a lot better and it makes me look like I'm a super parent because I'm doing 50 things in one day. And it makes me look, according to all the other parents, it makes me look better than them. God, yeah, you bless all that. God says, I ain't blessing none of that junk. Because that's your stuff, not my stuff. And that's why most of these people are miserable. That's why most of these people are running around like a chicken with their head cut off. Ain't got no sense. Because they're, they're, they're busy and they're more worried about impressing everybody else than they are sitting down at the feet of Jesus. We saw a story about that concerning Martha and Mary, did we not? One running around trying to make sure everything's going on. One sitting at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus said, which one was the most important? Not the one doing, the one being. When was the last time you just sat at the feet of Jesus? You wasn't worried about setting the table. You wasn't worried about fixing the meal. Because the best meal you could get was the one you was getting. slowing down letting that mirror that word of God just read you not being in a hurry not trying to get your agenda done your schedule done but look what it says in verse 25 but the one who looks intently into the perfect law of freedom and perseveres in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer who works. This person will be blessed in what he does. This is pretty much what Psalm 1 says. It's being able to look intently with purpose, with intention, into the Word of God. Not trying to impress others. Not trying to make a name for yourself, not to try to make status, but to sit down and know that today you listen to your Father. You heard from Him and you're doing what He wants you to do. You're allowing Him to be the central focal point of your day. You're not worried about your agenda. You're not worried about your schedule. You're not worried about making sure that you do all of these different things. Because see, then guess what? Here, here's how it filters down. If I wake up this morning and I'm in God's Word, which I was this morning. I was in the book of Mark. It's where I'm at my, my time in the morning. 
And if I do what I'm supposed to be doing and I'm in God's Word the way that I'm supposed to be, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to read, open the Scripture, and I'm going to read it and I'm going to let it read me. And in so doing, I'm going to sit down and, and God's Word is going to cause the Holy Spirit inside of me to activate to the point of, wow, man, that verse really hurt. It, that verse really hit. <coughs> that verse really got me because I'm not doing that. I'm not being obedient there. Or, wow, man, that is so refreshing. I've kind of been, I, I just, I know that today I got an opportunity to probably struggle because of certain things, and that verse just brings such peace to my life. And guess what? I'm, I'm if, if that's the case, I'm setting my day up with peace in it. See, because what? here's what happens. If I open up God's Word and I let it read me, He knows what my day is going to to entail. And he's going to give me through his word what I need in order to be Christ-like today. Maybe I'm going to have a day to where I'm going to have some difficulty. I'm going to be dealing with, uh, you know, a family that's lost a loved one. I'm going to be dealing with somebody that's, that's sick. And God gives me some, some scripture that morning as, as I'm sitting here and I opened up my Bible. And that scriptures just resonate in peace. And I just take that with me. And so now when I go into these situations, I'm going to have a peace about me, which is the fruit of the Spirit. And the Spirit of God is going to let that peace come out in me and it's going to minister to those other people. But you know what? If I wake up in the morning and I don't let God's Word read me and I'm just kind of blazing through real fast, I could be stressed and hectic. And guess what? The last thing I need to do is go up to somebody who's dealing with a difficult situation and be stressed and frantic and, and, and freaked out and everything else about all this stuff that's going on. Because here's the thing. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make it about me. When I go up to that person who's struggling and everything, I'm going to be sitting there. Oh, yeah, I'm going to tell you. Well, I, I'll tell you. You're just lucky I was able to find the time to be able to get over here today. I'm just so busy. And, you know, I've only got about five minutes to spend with you because i got to hurry up and get out of here. And i got to go do this and this and this. And i got to make sure this. And, you know, I, I'm not even going to get home till about 8 o'clock tonight. And you don't even realize what you're doing is is... You're making life about you. See, that's why we can't have relationships with people because we can't, sit, we can't sit down and listen to them because we're so concerned about ourselves. Satan's got us so self-focused because of our schedules and busyness that we can't be. See, when you look at Jesus, Jesus was never in a hurry. Jesus was always listening to what people had to say. He was never trying to hurry the situation along. He never looked at somebody and said, you know what, guys, can you hurry up and tell me what your ailment is because man, I got, I got somewhere I got to be. No. Jesus was in the situation. He was present. See, that's really what this boils down to. Most of us are so busy, we're never present in the moment. We're never present when we're with people. We're never even present when we're opening up our Bibles. We open up our Bibles to sit down and maybe read during the day. And you know, that's not many of us. And I don't remember if I shared this stat on, on here the last couple of weeks or not, but I heard a statistic here a couple of weeks ago that said 92% of people who call themselves Christ followers never open their Bible throughout the week. They only open it when they go to church on Sunday morning. 
That is one of the craziest things I've ever heard. How can you be a Christ follower, but yet you're not looking to Christ to follow? Are you telling me that Jesus just lets us know on Sunday morning how we're supposed to be every single day throughout the week? You don't even know that you're going to wake up tomorrow morning. So how in the world is the message that you got on Sunday morning supposed to take care of you on Thursday? There's a lot of things that's happened between Sunday and Thursday. I woke up Sunday morning, I was feeling fine. I went to bed last night feeling awful with whatever this stuff is that, that I got in my head this morning. That a lot changed. Also, my wife's sick. My youngest son's sick. So three of the four of us are down this morning. There's a lot changed since Sunday morning. So we sit down and we look at some of this stuff and say, okay, how am I supposed to take Sunday morning sermon and make it work today? I'm not. I'm supposed to sit down and take today what God has for me. I'm supposed to sit down and take what he's got and be able to let it minister to me. Notice what it says. I will be blessed in what I do. There at the end of verse 25. So many people are struggling today wondering, I'm just not living a victorious Christian life and I'm just not, I just don't feel like, you know, I'm, I'm, listen, my Christian life is not based on feelings. My Christian life is, is, based on being with Jesus. My emotions and my feelings will change on a regular basis, but the real question is, is am I spending time with the Father so much so that I trust Him? So much so that I'm able to know each day what I'm supposed to do, what my purpose is, that my relationship with the Father is established, it's steady, that I'm letting the Word of God read me today to make me more Christ-like, to conform me more into the image of the Son of God? Or am I just so busy and so erratic and so frantic and I'm just I'm, I'm led and driven by my schedule and I'm just trying to drag God along with me and ask God to bless all of this stuff <coughs> rather than saying, God, instead of you blessing my stuff, how can I be a blessing? That's what it means to go from being a hearer to a doer. It's somebody who is being in the presence of the Father and letting the Father minister to them. Letting the Father tell them, this is what I want for you. This is how I want you to grow today. This is how I want you to be today. This is how I want you to represent me today. This is how I want you to minister today. This is how I want you to serve today. All of that takes place when we let the Word of God read us intently. Not just quick devotions, not just hurrying up and, 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 and getting my Bible verse for a day. And you know what? I'll take it a step further. Not just listening to a podcast. I appreciate everybody who takes the time to listen to the podcast and who's come and told me, hey, I listened to this and it's really a blessing to me. I appreciate that. But you know what? This is not a substitute for being in the Word of God. Because 
Trust me. I can't tell you how to be. I can't tell you how to live. I can't tell you how to have a victorious life. I can point you to the one who can. And that's what I try to do. So I I pray this has challenged your heart this morning. I pray that maybe you're one of those people that's just got that busy schedule. Can I just encourage you to surrender it? Can I just encourage you to sit down and surrender that schedule to God and say, God, I'm tired of my schedule dictating my day. I'm tired of my schedule dictating my life. And Lord, here it is. Can I also encourage you to quit worrying about taking a picture with your coffee and your journal and your Bible? And how about you let God's word just investigate you rather than trying to show off your status on social media? Take it a step further. Can we quit trying to impress everybody else and let's just try to be the best son or daughter of the king that we can be? Quit worrying about bragging about everything. Quit worrying about talking about, oh, look at what God's doing in my life and look at all this. Listen, don't worry about any of that. You just be the best son or daughter to the king that you can be. I pray if it's been a blessing, share it with somebody. Let them know, hey, check this out. Maybe this will be an encouragement to somebody who's struggling with some stuff. Most of all, I pray, maybe you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior and you're listening to this for the first time. Can I encourage you to know that Jesus loves you more than you'll ever know? His love is unconditional. It's not based on who you are or what you can do. He loved you. Romans 5 eight says, while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. Same way he did for me. Paid your sin debt on Calvary Cross. You just have to understand you're a sinner. You need a Savior. You repent of your sins. You trust in Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And I encourage you to find somebody who's a Bible-believing follower of Christ and talk to him about that today. I pray you have a blessed day. I pray that you let this challenge you and let it speak to you and that you'll get into God's Word and you'll start letting God's Word read you more than you read it.